is The Talking Dead, a podcast dedicated to the AMC TV show, The Walking Dead. Hey there, everybody. My name is Chris. And my name is Jason. And this is The Talking Dead number 540, recorded on Sunday, August the 15th, 2021. Welcome to the program, everyone. And we've got a couple of guests with us today, which is very exciting. I think a lot of people will know these two folks because I think many of our listeners, or I think we share a lot of listeners with their podcast, but it's Jason and Lucy from The Walking Dead cast. Welcome to both of you guys. Welcome, welcome. Hello. Thanks for having us. Of course, of course. So of course, we are here to do our annual season wrap-up crossover episode, and it it's it's been a while it's been a while it's i think it's the longest duration between this episode we've ever done and it's the 10th mm-hmm. one which is very exciting wow and also i mean it's hard to it's weird to think about but season 10 actually started back in 2012 so it's just <laughs> <laughs> feels yeah. like it. it's been yeah it does feel it. but it was 2019 though well, it does feel, I, yeah. it feels like a hundred years ago to me, to be yeah. honest. When I sat down to start thinking about this and making some notes, I realized that, you know, I remember it. I, I remember a lot of the stuff, but I I wasn't sure, did that happen season 10 or nine or even eight? Like it felt like mm-hmm. I couldn't place things <laughs> quite as well. But uh, mm-hmm. did you guys have the same experience? Did it change your sort of prep for this episode at all? I mean, I went back and binged the all of the 16 episodes i really? didn't quite have time to go do the the six that came mm-hmm. after that but yeah and i hadn't always i don't always do that for these crossovers sometimes i just go over my notes but mm-hmm. i decided to do it just because it had been such a long time ago that it started and it was a great experience to do that uh to have it all in a big chunk over the course of a week and have it all fresh in my head, you know, especially uh, when you get to that last episode, the 16th episode that felt like a weird coda several months later, like you you read a novel and then you didn't read the last chapter until a year later, you know? So it was nice (laughs) to have it just right at the end there. It felt a lot more natural and organic that way, but I don't know if I answered your question. Well, that's, uh, I've never done that. I've never rewatched an episode after uh, watching it uh, as it aired or at, you know, shortly after it aired. I've watched it twice before a podcast, but mm-hmm. I've never gone back and rewatched anything. Not a single episode in the entire 10 seasons. Really? Uh, have I rewatched an episode? Uh, and that's kind of on purpose. I'm, uh, I want to hold off on doing any of that uh, until after the show ends and then, you know, go back and do a, do yeah. a recap. So I have a, a fresher perspective and that is way out of character for me. Hey, you I know what will... we should do? What's we that? should, uh, this is, I'm just putting it out there. It just came into my head. I've always thought we should do a rewatch on Walking Dead cast when the whole thing's over. Maybe we could do a combined thing. I don't sure. Know. Mm. And it's out of character <laughs> for me. For example, Game of Thrones, I watched season one. And then when season came out, season two came out, I watched season one. And then I watched season two. And when season three came out, I watched season one, two, and three. And I did that all the way three through the up. seven seasons. And I'll do that for... Uh, pretty much anything. I did the same thing for uh, Better Call Saul. I did the same thing for uh, Breaking Bad. Uh, I've seen Lost like six times. I'll rewatch stuff uh, readily. 
But for The Walking Dead, I've uh, I've drawn a line in the sand. I will not rewatch. So I went back and I read descriptions of the of the episodes, just trying to refresh my memory from years gone by since this uh, season aired. But I've uh, I've never I've I, I think it's amazing that you've gone back and rewatched the whole thing. I mean, I'm similar to you, Jason. I I have not gone back to earlier seasons since after our uh, crossover annual episodes. That's the last time I've seen any of those. And I'm I'm doing the same thing. I'm going to wait until we we do a rewatch once the whole thing is over. But but yeah, Lucy, it's your first time doing the crossover. It is, yeah. <laughs> and I, I have favorite episodes I'll go back and rewatch, like little comfort treats. Like yeah. sometimes I make a playlist of episodes of things like if I'm feeling sad, these are good episodes of shows to watch. We do a Christmas one where we watch like the Christmas because I don't watch a Christmas episode during the year. I have to save it unless it's Ted Lasso, which I did watch the Christmas episode of because they <laughs> snuck it up on us this uh-huh. week. Um, but yeah, I have certain ones that I'll dip back into if I'm feeling like rewatching bits of The Walking Dead. So, but I had the same experience as you, Jason, Jason Cabassi, that, um, yeah, I kind of got back into it and was like, bloody hell, a lot happened this season. <laughs> like a lot <laughs> yeah. that I'd, I couldn't, I couldn't quite remember. I was like, the blizzard, was that the end of last season or the start of this season? Right. Um, yeah. So it was, it was really interesting. And there was a lot I'd forgotten, a lot of bits that, amused me more the second time round or I thought worked better the second time round so it was really interesting to do and exactly the same as you I stopped at the six bonus episodes because I felt like they were recent enough that yeah I didn't need mm. to worry too much about that and also they seem to exist like in a vacuum On they're not own, exactly yeah. advancing the plot they're more like one-offs so yeah it was it was good though I and just I ran did out of feel... time I would have kept going through but I liked all those episodes more than most people well I I was like we were yeah I was like Jason Miles I did a lot of reading about it I watched little bits here and there and so on but uh you know we waited we waited as long as we possibly could I don't know if you guys realize this but (laughs) season 11 starts gonna happen next weekend uh or if you're lucky enough to have AMC plus it starts tonight as we're recording really yeah, I couldn't believe oh, yeah. that. Yeah, I was looking at the one of the copies I was watching had the AMC thing come up, and I was like, "Hang on, holy what? No, that's not right. That's not tomorrow. What?" And then I looked, and I was like, "Oh, okay, twenty second. But yeah. also, yeah. Oh. oh, this last couple of years have been, uh, you know, time has stopped, and then <laughs> randomly fast forwarded way too quickly and then stopped again and then yeah. fast forward right. so uh it's hard to keep track <laughs> and i was just so thinking hard. much like the the uh, the world in general uh for the crossover podcast we skipped 2020 we just skipped it all yeah. together right you say it was 9- yeah. 2019 when we did the last one so uh yeah that makes sense well you know okay. it's funny <laughs> uh i think jason you mentioned game of thrones i went back and and listened to a little bit of our last crossover episode and at the end of it uh, Jason, you were promoting Podcastica, and guess which show you mentioned that you were covering at the time? It was <laughs> oh, Game of Thrones, and I'm like, oh boy, that feels like a long time ago too now. So yeah. <laughs> uh, a lot has happened, but here we are. And mm-hmm. Jason, do you have AMC Plus? Like, can you watch it right now? Jason, who? Cabassi. You're the only one on the podcast who can <laughs> oh. get it, I believe. Yeah. You're the only one in the US. All right. Lucky guy. <laughs> yeah but i didn't want to watch it well I, I guess i didn't really have a chance but i didn't want to watch before i did this episode and get myself all discombobulated no fair. see everyone he's just like us slumming it <laughs> that's right just like the rest of us 
just like the rest of us plebs. <laughs> All righty. Well, let's jump into it then. So the way this format works is we do sort of a top six highlights or talking points of season 10 of The Walking Dead. We're going to do number six, five, and four on this show, and then three, two, one on The Walking Dead cast. So you will have to go over to, uh, to podcastagut.com after you listen to this to hear that. But let's kick it off, everybody, with number six. And as is tradition, I'd say, Lucy, you can start and go first. Great. Um, I feel like a bit of a cheat because we just did a general sort of highlights of The Walking Dead on Walking Dead cast um, last week. And one of those is is my number six, and that is Dante, um, who was a real highlight of season 10 for me. Um, Rewatching it gave me a lot of satisfaction seeing how it played out, how to read his character more, knowing what we know about him. You know, the things that I thought were kind of endearing bro humour are actually a bit unhinged and sinister. Um, the way that he interacts with Sadiq, gaslighting him, getting into his trust, getting into his role at the hospital, and giving him drinks, the, giving him drinks, kind of suspect, right. yeah. yeah. And then just that whole reveal, that moment where Sadiq's looking at Dante and Dante's looking at Sadiq, and you see the shift of like, oh, you know, <laughs> yeah. you so know, and I know, you know, I know, and then it just escalates from there. It's brilliant, really, really so, well um, done. That's a that's a, that's a hallmark of a really good twist is that the mm -hmm. uh, the scenes or the signs are all there uh, all the way through, but then the twist after after it, it just all makes sense. Unlike mm -hmm. uh, some other movies and television shows where the twist yeah. just doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Yeah, it but, seems uh, like if the twist does. seems like it's there just to make you go wow, but no other reason than it's cheap. But this one totally was so satisfying right and, and they explain it so well as well like they have that like almost gratuitous explication with alpha being like you will do this you will find a group you will hide you will turn up at their gates you will say x y and z and i was like oh clearly they heard jason and i complaining that we wanted to know why this and how this happened so they <laughs> answered all of it satisfactorily which was great and yeah just unrepentant dante and gabriel coing I'd forgotten how brutal Gabriel's killing of Dante was as well. The the repeated stabbing and just the pure livid rage coming off of him was something I'd kind of lost sight of since I last watched this. And yeah, just incredibly well done, I felt. Right. But you can totally understand it, right? To have this community oh, yeah. where you let this guy comes in and he seems so helpful and then betrays you like that, right? And you just, yeah. I don't blame Gabe for... Uh, repeatedly stabbing him like crazy but i, mm -hmm. I agree i thought that dante's storyline was one of my favorite bits of of mm. all of this and even though all the signs are there i don't think it would be that easy to uh sort of see the twist coming until it comes mm. right like hard to predict even though they telegraph it a little bit with the mm -hmm. i remember thinking back after it's revealed right when we meet him there's this weird super close-up shot of his mouth and, yes. and I remember thinking that's kind of weird and a little off-putting, but mm -hmm. when you think all you can see of whisperers with masks on are their mouth and their eyes, it's it's right there in front of you. But yeah. So good. Yeah. But it's subtle enough. I mean, there were some listeners, I think, who were like, 
there's something weird with Dante. I think he's a spy. And I'm like, yeah, and Ian is a spy. I know, I know. <laughs> right. We were very dismissive of <laughs> and, those theories. Yeah. We're like, yeah, sure, whatever. Well, let me apologize <laughs> like, okay. to those people again. <laughs> I have not given up on Enid being a spy, by the way. Uh, that head on a pike, that was a clone. Somehow they learned be. cloning technology, and Enid is still alive and spying for somebody. I think sure. it's true. I think she's Dante's secret daughter. I think that's where oh, that, that went, be, yeah. 100%. I, I think the thing as well is I realized with Gabriel's rage, like not only has Dante screwed up his family and, you know, Coco's without one of her three dads at this point, um, he has also like wrecked the community because there's no doctor now. Like uh, right. Sadiq is dead. Everyone's Dante sick. Is there's dead. people dying too. Everyone's sick. And Gabriel, and... I, I think, you know, Gabriel's just on his last nerve throughout this whole thing. Yeah. He's just like so I angry. Mean, <laughs> a theme of this season is paranoia. And mm -hmm. after something like that happens, you realize like Gabe, uh, Aaron mentions he treated my daughter. And it yes. just messes with your head to know that yep. somebody was in there like that. And I thought they did deal with Sadiq's PTSD well. And I think but I think the Dante thing was really interesting because I, I at one point I remember when we were recording being like, they're really dwelling on this PTSD. Yeah. Like, okay, we get it. But now I'm like, oh, it's it cool. much it's better like, on rewatch. Because yeah. instead of it seeming repetitive, you're looking for what triggered it. Exactly. And, and like you start to mouth. hear it, you hear the <laughs> yeah. clicking, you start to understand yeah. like there's something in his brain that isn't, he knows, like Sadiq knows something, but he doesn't know yeah. what it is. And oh, it's brilliant. And I was so sad to see um, Avi and Sadiq leave the show yes. as well. That was sad rewatching, but what a way to go. What a great storyline. Yeah. Uh -huh. Even when he came back taunting um, Michonne in that horrible Michonne episode as a hallucination, I was still glad to see him, even if it was yeah. in a <laughs> crappy moment like that. I feel mm -hmm. like we had sort of just gotten to know Sadiq and then he was torn away yeah. from us. And he's know? such a good guy. Mm -hmm. Such a good guy. And mm -hmm. doctors don't survive on this show. So maybe no. we should have seen that coming. <laughs> but uh... if, if Aaron turns up with a sexy doctor boyfriend next season, he's so screwed. <laughs> like he's, he's like immediately Double dead. Yeah. Double Jeopardy. <laughs> totally. All right. Jason Cabassi, what about you? Number six? Well, I might as well just continue to talk about Dante since that's one of my points and I have I think I have a little bit more to say but I just thought everything with him was masterful um, first off I don't know how much uh, comic spoilers you guys give on your show do you try to avoid those we kind of try to avoid them kind of. but, but I mean so not too worried just, if you warn us I'll just vaguely say Dante's in the comics the character but he's benign so that's a bit of a spoiler but because of that when comic readers and also non-comic readers but who like go and read the plots from the comics just because they like to be spoiled they <laughs> see this character named Dante they're like oh it's a character from the comics so he has a relationship you know with with Maggie but she's not on the show so I wonder what they'll do with him and then they give him this big personality so that I found distracted me from what was really going on because it's like it feels like they're really investing a lot in making mm -hmm. him another quirky walking dead character and so they did a great job of hiding what they were doing but then yeah as lucy said you go back and there's clues and um and sadiq's pdsd stuff it, it's more interesting on second watch uh but then um the last that last scene where Dante and Sadiq are hanging out and Dante's saying nice things to Sadiq, but he clicked his tongue and that triggered Sadiq's memory. And I don't I, I still couldn't quite figure out if he did that on purpose, but I don't think so. I don't think he wanted yeah. Sadiq to know because he said, I didn't want to have to do this. But but that moment there where they 
Sadiq knows and he's trying to kind of hide it so Dante won't know that he knows but the tension is just and then they just start attacking and then that <laughs> same moment is kind of repeated in the next episode with Rosita and Dante where she's comes in sees him at Sadiq's place he's kind of sweaty and he's like oh so blah 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 making up some excuse and she's a little suspicious and then all of a sudden you can see that she knows what's going on and he knows that she knows and then he attacks her and that was pretty crazy too but anyway mm -hmm. i i freaking loved all of that and then the, and then when he um yeah like L lucy and i at the end of that episode well how did he uh infiltrate how long ago did he come we had all these like nitpicky podcaster questions and then <laughs> it's like they heard us and they just answered them all one by one in, in the first five minutes of the next episode which is awesome and they show you know that dante i think he was an iraq war vet and he had suggestion that he saw some really horrible things that that changed him and shook him up and that yeah. was part of why he would fall in with a group like this but anyway the actor was amazing i just all of it the twist was so satisfying so great yeah for sure and him, it's it you said they answered all your questions it's like they planned ahead and knew what they were doing jason it's amazing yeah. <laughs> <laughs> crazy weird i feel like i mean I'm, this yeah. season I, I have to say i loved it. it it's one of my favorite seasons of the whole show Definitely. And um, I also want to mention if people are l listeners of the Talking Dead and they don't listen to our podcast, you may notice one of the voices is different here. And that's because uh, Karen actually lost interest in The Walking Dead in episode six, the episode before the Dante reveal. And when I saw seven, I was like, you just need to watch one more. Okay, I will, but she never did. And it's so, I'm like, come on, just watch that one. But I mean, I think she's just kind of over it. And I was so yeah. happy that Lucy uh, agreed to be permanent um, co-host. You had come in and done a lot of guest spots before that, mm -hmm. but it's been awesome uh, working with you. So I'm really glad to have you Aww, on this, uh, finally you. have you on this uh, crossover episode. We did get Karen to watch one of the standalones. The Carol one, and she liked yeah, it because she, she had always like said it. she wished Walking Dead wasn't always about the villain of the week, but it was more day-to-day -day problems sometimes. Hmm. So it was basically, yeah, her, her gateway drug back in. Um, thanks, Jason. It's been nice to be doing it. And in terms of Dante, the actor, I've just looked up his name, Juan Javier Candelas, was just brilliant. He did so much with that role that I didn't appreciate the first time around. And yeah, that moment where his face just switches wordlessly from being cool with Sadiq to being like, ah, no. And I do think, I think the Dante we see is partly the real Dante. Like the Dante we see at, at um, Alexandria, I think, is partly the guy that probably existed before yeah. the war and the apocalypse. And that's right. that's what made it powerful. Is he's like, I did like Sadiq. I didn't want to kill him. He was my friend. And yeah. it but just Angela Kane, I think, suggested that he was sociopathic, which sort of yeah. makes sense that he would be able to mimic this mm -hmm. other kind of yeah. person who buys into this whole society even though he really doesn't yeah, yeah but he yeah he and i agree with you i don't think the clicks were deliberate i think he didn't mean to let his yeah. guard down it was at just that a point. tick that he had or something but he yeah. he poisons that captured whisperer remember and then tries to pin it on sadiq so yeah you know that's a good point yeah and i also it's that's another one of those things where i'm like oh we should have seen this coming but but you just don't mm -hmm. because it's it's complex. Everything that's going on is complex. It's well and done. Well done. Mm -hmm. And they play in Sadiq's mm -hmm. PTSD really well. So you think maybe he is, you know, not losing his mind, but maybe he is struggling with all everything mm -hmm. that's going on, right? So yeah. uh so well done. So and well I do done. think it was a bit of both, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't I mean, he went through some bad stuff. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's for sure. <laughs> mm -hmm. All right. Uh Jason M, what about you for number six? 
uh, I'm, I want to talk briefly about that fucking cave and how <laughs> annoying it was. And I don't want to start off on a bad note, and I'm pr- I promise that my points will get better as they go on, but uh, I really hated everything about that cave. How they fell into the cave, how the zombies were trapped <laughs> in the cave, uh, the fact that they could see in the cave, that the cave floors were flat, that they got out of the cave, that the zombies got out of the cave. Uh, I, I can't think a, of a single positive point about that cave, and I'm hoping that this support group can help me with that cave. Is there, is there anything good that we can talk about about that cave? Now, listeners, if you picked up your uh, crossover podcast drinking game card and you have cave, you're going to be absolutely shit-faced by now. Oh, nice! <laughs> awesome. Glad yeah. I, I, I hated... I hated Jerry being stuck in the... T- I got, I, I'm a bit claustrophobic, so the cave oh, episode wasn't great for me. me um, I, and I'm amazed Jerry got out. That's the one thing I'll say is I'm really pleased <laughs> Jerry survived because there were at least three me- moments in that cave where I thought, oh, he's a goner. He's such a goner. Oh my God, he's going to die. No, not Jerry. No. So I was not on my best mental form for that episode. <laughs> I, thought that, I thought some of the peril was cool, but logistically it maybe didn't hang together as well as it could yeah. have. I thought it was um, okay, but it like it ended on that cliffhanger where they're all in the cave, and I'm like, eh, okay, fine. Yeah, I didn't hate it, but I didn't love it. I mean, on second watch, I I must have seen it in a different format or something because I could not tell what the hell was going on. It was so it's dark. dark. I ha- I had to turn up the brightness. To it was just sound zombies <laughs> with black. <laughs> oh. So um, I don't know. I can't really help. Sorry. Well, okay. That's I mean, all right. I'll I'll go with that as my number six too. It was one of my points here, and and yeah, it straddles episode eight and nine, the mid season finale. You mm-hmm. have that cliff cliffhanger, and it's really going through all these notes of mine. It's really the only part of the season that I didn't really like because I didn't like it either. And many of our listeners, and I know people on the internet, and people I speak to in real life about this, uh, who who have trouble with the show complain about characters making bad decisions that just serve the drama mm-hmm. more than what it would be like in real life. And I don't totally buy into that always because, I mean, it's not real life, first of all. So sometimes there are just dramatic things that are going to happen. But um, yeah, we have this case where all these super smart, quote unquote, characters run blindly into this cave and fall into it and, you know, just for no reason. And uh I didn't like that. I didn't like the whole sequence of it. It felt like it was kind of manufactured just to have the disappearance of Connie because remember she gets Mm -hmm. lost and doesn't come out of it. Uh, She's one of my favorite characters in the last season or two. So I didn't like to see her disappearing, but overall, yeah, I was not a fan of the cave. Yeah. The cave of the Eternals. I mean, I mean, really, I think the biggest point of the cave is it's all about Carol's arc yeah. because mm. this, she had a really great arc this season. She just lost Henry, her son. And that's a one in a long string of children that she's cared about that she lost. And that caused the breakup of her, I guess, marriage, right. With Ezekiel. Right. Lost mm. and or and, killed. Yes. Lost or killed. <laughs> and, um, and so she's obsessed with getting revenge into the point where she's putting other people in danger and being reckless. And this was just a huge, the biggest probably incident of that, the whole season where she set off that explosion got, I mean, it's also about her uh, decaying relationship with Daryl because he can't trust her anymore. And here he put, she explodes 
the cave yep. almost gets everyone killed and especially she you know daryl's girlfriend is lost so i think that's the the emotional heart of that is is good i think it really lent itself well to carol's story arc over the season so that's the saving grace for it in my book also it's an interesting new environment so it was i mean i felt claustrophobic and scared for jerry too but i think those are good things when you feel something mm. if it's sure. scary but uh the logistics of it were so really maybe it's a bit stupid. of an execution problem more than a yeah. storytelling problem right I the, think, yeah and there's logistical issues like once uh, something that just occurred to me is that uh there is a huge caving community out there that uh, for people that go and explore tight spaces and if there Ugh. was a cave in this area of the united states that was large enough to hold a horde there would be signs all over the place on every <laughs> single entrance there would yeah. it would not be a, a previously mm -hmm. undiscovered cave that was that uh big and mm -hmm. uh jason and lucy you both brought up um uh, jerry and i'm pretty mm -hmm. sure jerry has a shield around him where he cannot yeah. be killed because uh i'm i would worry about the ratings if they killed off jerry and He's i think like the writers a... are probably in that same boat He's like a child or a puppy. He's kind of off limits. You're like, no, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll die I mean, you if can, Jerry You dies. can kill as many people as you want, but if you kill a dog, uh, people are going to get upset. Oh, yeah. So, and I think you, I think you're right about Jerry, uh, you know, being the pet. Do you uh, think if they killed him off, people would, would rage quit the show. Is mm -hmm. the, does he still have that armor in the last season? I believe he does, actually. I, I think he's so. going to be there to the last. He's got yeah, adorable children with Nabila. Like, the, mm, I can't, I can't even contemplate. I'd sacrifice... Right a lot of the cast to let jerry live to be honest it's not rational on my part but yeah <laughs> okay lucy dog or jerry you gotta pick oh dog or jerry no <laughs> dogs dogs on the uh, chopping block because there was no. a yelping, yelping sound in the uh, in the trailer for uh, season 11 right Oh God! Uh, there was uh, a dog yelping in one of the. Uh, He'll, be shots. So he'll be fine. He'll be fine. I pick. Dog. I pick me out of dog and Jerry. <laughs> oh. I, I would take it. I'd sacrifice myself. I couldn't put other people through that. Dog I just, and Jerry be too can sad. live on. Dog and Jerry can live, and I'll just be a distant memory. <laughs> Very noble of you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> one other thing I wanted to say, just back really quickly to the idea that characters make. Uh, characters make bad decisions. I, I do think this problem has really, really diminished under um, Angela Kang's stewardship of this show. I think mm. that problem has mostly gone away. Here was just kind of an example of it when they ran into the cave. But o overall, I don't, don't think that's a big problem with the show in general anymore, where yeah. for a few years there, it, it was right. a little bit more problematic, I think. So not all bad with the cave, but definitely my least favorite sequence she, of the season. I, I, we probably talked about this last time we did, but she's just, I was so like Gimple. I, we've talked about Gimple recently. I think he doesn't get as much credit as he deserved, given that he's behind some of the best seasons and best episodes of the walking mm -hmm. dead, but it really went downhill in seven and eight. So anyway, um, I think it was a good decision to have some fresh blood in there as a showrunner. And that's why I thought, wait, you're having Angela King. She's been around since season two. Uh, don't you need a fresh perspective like to change the course? But she really did. I mean, I guess she was sitting on all these ideas and they kept telling her no or something. I don't know. But anyway, <laughs> uh, it's been amazing that 
she's done better with pace. Like you just said, better with uh, people doing things that make sense. Uh, the feel of the show, mm -hmm. making it scarier and putting some new themes in there, you know, romance, motherhood, all these great things that she's brought to the show that have just revitalized it. And I'm so happy that she did that right at the end here so that we can hopefully go out on Ooh, a high, high note. If the show had ended after season eight, it would have been a huge bummer. It would have. Yeah. I think I, she right. fundamentally understands the characters. I think that's yeah, it. She, that's she, true. Decisions have become character driven in a more earnest way of like what what is believable to happen here rather yeah. than what what will service the plot better because yeah. yeah i think that's where her strength is and i think you would only get that from someone who is either a diehard fan of the show so like why didn't they phone us but um also <laughs> um someone who's been around to see that development uh -huh. and understand it and be like okay well this is where maggie's probably at because i've known her for years or this is where carol's at at this point because i understand how this character works um and she's even applied that to Daryl, you know? He's become a bit, I oh, think, yeah. a bit more likable under Absolutely. Angela Kang than he was perhaps in previous seasons. A hundred percent agree. I mean, they, they gave him things to do, you know, in the last season yeah. or two, whereas yeah. he went yeah. for a few years there with, with so little, I thought, so yeah. little. Yeah, mm -hmm. I mean, I think she... Kang has a lot of strengths character is maybe the biggest one, but also she re recognized, okay, look, everyone loves Carol and Daryl. Let's bring them forward, mm -hmm. you know, and, and it worked. And mm -hmm. also like just making it scary. You know, mm -hmm. she's a fan of yes. horror movies. So all kinds of stuff like that. There was a period mm -hmm. where I thought, you know, how many, how many different sort of themes can this show really uh, explore? And I felt like we were going over and over again, the whole idea of do what you got to do to survive or can, can you, you come back come from back the darkness yeah. <laughs> from doing terrible <laughs> yeah. things? I'm like, we've seen this before, but she brought in new things and I, I yeah. appreciate mm -hmm. her so much for that. Mm -hmm. Number five, Lucy, back to you. Um, I'll pull pull on from the cave and from Angela Kang. I I'm a bit biased because I just I've been watching the Origins episodes and I just caught up with those yesterday. But I think Carol's arc this season was really interesting. Um, and I watched Melissa McBride's Carol kind of retrospective yesterday, and that kind of got me thinking about it. And after the cave. I think that's like the weakest we've seen Carol since season one or two. Like she's a mess. She's like begging people to kill her. She's like, you know, weeping, like I'm a piece of shit. Why do you like me? You know, it's it's really quite alarming to see her like that. Like she's really lost it at this point in the show. And we've seen her go up and down and sort of be reborn and, and be in various levels of control of her life. And the closest thing I can think of is the end of season six when she kind of can't cope with how many people she's killed and, and goes off into kind of live in hermit life at the kingdom. Um, mm -hmm. But this Carol is just a mess. This whole season is, is messy and the decisions she makes are terrible, but they're believably terrible. Like this is the understanding of character, isn't it? It's like, yeah, she makes crapshoot decisions that have huge implications for everyone and are harmful and often not forgivable. But they come from this place of deep pain and loss and the loss of Henry and how that drives her forward. And I think the thing I liked is Melissa McBride also does this great thing where she can also bring great levity to that role and she can also have moments that are very funny and very personable. Like when she comes back off the boat, um, she's she seems like a new woman. She's like smiling and laughing. She's all troopy with Daryl. She's joking about making friendship bracelets. But at the same time, there's this deep, dark and destructive, hating 
kind of force behind her you know she says to Lydia do you hate me and Lydia's like no you hate yourself enough why would I bother hating you as well and (laughs) I found that moment where she and Lydia are kind of holding one another as the zombies fall over the side like it's kind of cheesy like you see Alpha's mask fall but it got me it got me in the emotions I was like this is really touching that Lydia is kind of saving Carol from herself and that Carol is letting someone hold her and 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 see her for the pain that she she really has um so i found that really compelling all the way through and she drove me crazy i'm sure there are episodes of jason and i being like for fuck's sake carol what are you doing like (laughs) this is ridiculous um but watching it as a whole i sort of understood it better as especially knowing like oh she's the one who let negan out and that's part of her plan and oh while she's doing all this she's waiting for negan to to turn up with Alpha's head and obviously Negan takes too long and that leads to more crappy decision making and it's yeah it's wanting a result and throwing everything you can at it but it gets more erratic and messy and she just played the hell out of it I thought it was really really compelling to watch. Do you think Carol is probably the because of all this the most sort of well-rounded and developed character on the show after all these years? Pretty close. I yes. Think so. She's been a favorite of mine since season two. Yeah. Season three, maybe. Yeah. She, uh, you know, I've been watching uh, just a quick aside, but it'll, I'll bring it back. I promise. Uh, I've been watching uh, some video YouTube videos on uh, criminal psychology and police interrogations, Ooh. which is really kind of a weird thing to start off with. And the fact that I've been going down this rat hole of YouTube videos kind of scares me a little bit. But <laughs> one of the things interrogators do is they induce mental fatigue, uh, mm. where if uh, if they're asking about a particular situation, they'll jump around. They won't just go start from the beginning. They'll jump around, causing the the person that's being interrogated to mentally have to switch gears many, 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 many times. And they do that to induce this mental fatigue because once you get mentally fatigued like that, your decisions uh, are, you're unable to properly process the consequences of your decisions. So they're more readily, uh, they're more easily persuaded to confess because you can't really, you're just so mentally tired that you can't envision the consequences of what you're doing. So I think Carol, uh, now that you bring that, that, bring that up. Yeah. Uh, now that you bring that up, maybe, you know, that could explain the, uh, you know, the bad decisions that she's making. She's just so mentally fatigued that, uh, she's making decisions without properly, uh, you know, understanding what the consequences could be. Yeah. I mean, she, if you do like the Enneagram, you know, where you, mm-hmm. it's like a personality test and then it tells you how you are when you're at your best and at your worst yes. and right. and they're related, but they're different, you know, yeah. and, mm-hmm. and, and she's at her worst because of what you just said. I mean, she's popping, I think Adderall in that early episode mm-hmm. and freaking hallucinating things. Um, but it's because she lost her son and mm-hmm. this woman who killed him is out there free and it's a like I said, a long string of things that she's lost, and it also caused her to lose Ezekiel and everything. So she's just at the end of a rope, and she's she's very obsessed with fixated on getting her revenge. Mm-hmm. So that that even I mean, she did have examples of somebody doing something dumb, but it was in a way that was believable. Mm-hmm. Just like humans do dumb things right. because they have these yes, emotional fixations or whatever, you yes. know. <laughs> Try that mental fatigue I mean, technique on your kids when you don't when you need them to get them to do something. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> the last thing I need is for Jasper to not understand consequences. That uh, I'm trying to get him to accept consequences. I don't want to go the other way for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah fair. <laughs> it's interesting, isn't it? That idea of yeah, because sleep de- deprivation is a huge part of one of the earlier episodes where there's yeah. relentless hordes of walkers. Of, yeah. yeah, and that's when they crack Negan out because they're like, everyone else is tired. <laughs> Negan's <laughs> like, oh, I'm just singing my song. I'm having a good time. They're like, get out. <laughs> and it's, um, <laughs> Yeah, poor Carol, man. It's a rough, rough ride. And Melissa McBride just has such a good handle on her process and how she understands that character. And yeah, yeah just the, the depths that she manages to plumb and, and get to in this uh, season are really beautiful. And the stress it puts on her relationship with Daryl is interesting because he's yeah. almost like her right. her family. He'll love her no matter what. But then she pushes him to the absolute limit of like, so I exploded your girlfriend. Like, okay, will you still <laughs> and, love me? And, and he's like, lied to her. Yeah. Like in the cave, he's yeah. telling her, you got to quit. Okay. Okay. I promise I will. And then five minutes later, she sets off a bomb. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, he's like, what the fuck? Come on. Yeah. <laughs> it's and not she's good. Like, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. And he's like, this is really yeah, stressful. Like, oh, God. No, well, <laughs> listen, hopefully this is all a good sign for the Daryl and Carol show when it comes along. Mm. Right. She's I mean, amazing. Well, it's a, I think they were really testing out the cute uh, banter between them. And if you oh, like yeah. that, I feel like that's a good sign for the Daryl. If you don't like it, which I know some people don't, yeah, I think they're not going to love the Daryl and Carol yeah. show. Well, I'm what calling it, it the Carol and Daryl variety hour. So yeah. it, it's basically going to be a buddy cop uh, television show. That's what I expect. I think dancing. we've been referring to it as bike, bark, and bake, which I still think is brilliant. <laughs> yeah. Bike, bark, and bake, Not yes. Bad. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> All right. Uh, Jason C., what have you got next? Well, I'll just go tack on my own Carol observations. I thought she had a really awesome arc. Yeah, it, how it, uh, it, it, the sort of signs of what was going on were with how it affected her relationship with daryl um i mean and it was interesting at first because carol came back from the boat and daryl's like you should stay and then they talk about going to new mexico and then he he's like well no because he cares about his friend so he wants to stay but it put put it out there and then at the end they mentioned new mexico again so i feel like in the mm-hmm. daryl and carol show they're gonna head off to new mexico but uh mm-hmm. anyways i don't know let me just skip to the end here where um i actually that episode with carol and the rat it mm-hmm. was interesting because well throughout her arc this season she had this uh, fixation on killing alpha she did she got well she hadn't even do it she actually got to put alpha's head right up on one of those pikes that henry's head was on and then um lydia asked her so how, how do you feel or whatever and she's like yeah it doesn't, didn't fix anything so now she's now that she's finally obje- achieved her objective then she has to sort of sit with herself. And I think she feels super guilty about everybody she hurt. And she thinks that she's broken. And this is, if you look back, it's been a part of her character since the beginning. That's why she's so good at projecting this false front. Right. Uh, like she tells uh, Daryl, never bullshit a bullshitter. Um, and, and when uh, 
she goes back to Alexandria. She's decided, okay, I want to prove that I don't run like Daryl accuses me of. I want to help. I'm going to cook something. But then she has to overcome all these little obstacles. And there's this rat and she gets fixated on the rat. Just like I love that episode because she handles small problems just like she did big. She was Mm. fixated on Alpha. Now she's fixated on this rat. She's going to be reckless and tear up her whole freaking house just to handle it. And then when Jerry comes over to help her, he, she doesn't want him to see what she's done. And that's sort of expands out to her whole kit. She tries, she, she feels messy inside, but she tries to hide that from everybody else. And, uh, uh, Jerry's point is, Hey, your friends love you. Even when they see, you know, the messiness that's underneath. And it totally reminded me of Chuck in better call Saul, by the way, that whole episode. Um, but, but then the end, the rat leaves on its own. And I think the lesson for Carol is sometimes you just need to chill out, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, and then she fixes the wall and cleans up her mess. So um, I don't know. I just thought the whole arc of, of the season for her, just based on this simple premise, Carol is fixated on revenge and it causes uh, a mess, you know, recklessness mm-hmm. and hurting other people and how she deals with that. But it was really fascinating to watch and it made for a lot of good drama. So Carol operates on ask for forgiveness yeah. not permission you know yeah. that's what she did with Karen and David that's what she did with all of these things up to now and I think this season we saw the point where forgiveness wasn't being given yeah um as as easily and that's that's a shock when that happens uh-huh. for her and yeah and the she's rat hating is... herself more and more and and mm-hmm. the whole episode where the al- alpha is is uh her a personification of her inner voice that was just right. showing how much she is struggling mm-hmm. with her own her hate and and whether she even wants to live that was the big question with her mm-hmm. should i just die and she almost did kill herself when she jumped was going to jump off that cliff to lead the mm-hmm. zombies off and lydia saved her but she did choose life in the end and now she has to try to make amends and everything yeah i think that's yeah. a, a really good point lucy that she she's sort of asked for forgiveness not permission but at the same time i don't really feel like she's impulsive like not in mm. especially impulsive anyways right she does no. know what she's doing and she does she think can be impulsive through. i guess she like can running be. into that cave right well <laughs> <laughs> wait a minute yeah that's true <laughs> but she also plans things out she does yeah very very interesting character so so good stuff mm. um I, I the the rat episode uh i liked a little bit more upon reflection but it wasn't my favorite mm. i think to start but i think that may come up again a little bit later so for now let's uh see what jason m has i have one more nitpick and this is a smaller nitpick than the cave uh (laughs) i thought you said there was only well no i said there was going to be less (laughs) later on so uh we'll start with two that's only uh what six to 33 percent something like that if we uh if all the rest are positive (laughs) so uh my nitpick is that satellite uh crashing down i really didn't like Uh, it could have been an asteroid and everything would have been fine or a meteorite, you know, something coming, crashing down, starting a fire, all good. But uh, Eugene thinking that he understands uh, the state-of-the-art satellite technology well enough to be able to salvage parts from a crashed satellite from space to in, in order to extend the range of a wireless communication system is uh, ridiculous at best. And so I thought that that whole thing, uh, you know, having something fall down from space, fine. I mean, shit falls from space all the time, but just if you 
<laughs> Want it to have it fall from space? Just have it start a fire and have that the situation you have to deal with. Not uh, hey, we have to get the parts from that because that's really gonna uh, that's really gonna help us out. Uh, it just it 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 the needle went far too far into the realm of ridiculous for me to be able to let it slide. Okay, well I, I don't know. I mean, Let's go ahead. Again, I feel like if you yeah, it's doesn't probably hold up if you look closely at the mechanics of it but uh, just to talk about what the story point was i think it was a to give a metaphor for the cold war because it's a russian satellite you know Mm -hmm. which is what's kind of going on at the beginning with the whispers and um everybody else they're not even there but everyone's afraid to cross over into their territory and then b it was yeah to have him start you know taking interest in expanding his communication so that he could then get in touch with this woman stephanie from this other mysterious community yeah specifically a soviet satellite right right? so very cold war i mean there's other ways to do that from a story perspective right did it have to be you know uh, extending the range of the wireless communication i mean you could have built a tower i don't don't know there's other i'm not a writer and i don't pretend to be one i just pick apart stuff that uh, (laughs) other people write so that's anyway it was just it was a little hard for me to swallow right well fair totally fair. I, i totally see what you you mean there and and Following that lead, my next one, like, say what you will about the satellite crash, it was a little bit silly. But I do remember the opening shot of that episode, the first episode, is the satellite in orbit. And then uh, I recall sort of forgetting about that as the rest of the episode played out, even though Mm -hmm. it was shown in the sky, right? And then it... They kept showing it over again to they did, go back yeah. to that moment from different people's perspective. Yeah, They did. And and that's kind of where I was going because that was the first episode. It was called Lines We Cross. And I really, really liked how that episode was structured and sort mm-hmm. of what we saw. And again, satellite aside, we saw these different perspectives. We saw different groups of characters doing stuff at the same time. Each segment ends with that same event, kind of lining things up a little bit. Um, and I just really like that structure for some reason. I even liked it cool. on Fear when they did it with the nuke in the final uh, season finale there. Oh, okay, cool. I'm done. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're yeah. done. Okay, Sorry. bye. We're out. We're out. Say, say what you want about that episode, and there's plenty you can, but the format is what I'm talking about. I enjoy okay. that, so that's good. Um, uh, but then, like... The, my favorite part of all of it, I think, was just the, the beginning where we see that training sequence on the beach. I really oh, love awesome. that. They were sort of planning and practicing and executing Which then this echoes thing. later at Hilltop when the whispers are coming. They have those same yep. studded shields up and they're Aaron's screaming yep. orders to everyone. Yeah, for sure. But like, I just love seeing that. We've got the archers. Yeah. We've got people cool. throwing uh, spears. We've got people running out to retrieve the arrows. Like it's all that the archers have shot. It was all just really well planned. I loved all that stuff. Um, you know, they weren't. And the music was cool, if I remember right. Diggy, diggy, diggy. The music was really cool, actually. That's something, you know, I rewatched all of this and that was something I noticed too. But like, there's no immediate threat until there is when the zombies sort of get out of control. Um, but I really, really enjoyed all of that. There's an, there's also this incredible slow-mo shot of Michonne with the sword just taking out three, oh. chopping, slicing three heads in half, basically, <laughs> all at once, Brilliant. all in one shot. It was really, really amazing. Um, 
And then a few more things actually happened during the cold open that I hadn't really thought about in a while. We've, after that training sequence, we get Luke and Jules flirting in Oceanside, Luke, so which was really nice, really nice. Yeah. Daryl and Michonne come walking along, talking about how great everything is going. And uh, Daryl says something about, I know an idiot that would really love this. And he's, he's talking about Rick. Yeah. And then Judith and RJ are playing when they find the Whisperer mask. Um, and that's when the credits roll. So like just a really good start. And yeah, uh, the first episode of, of season 10 was one of my favorites. And I just wanted to call it mm -hmm. out here. And just one last thing I noticed on the rewatch that um, Judith, even though she's still young, she seemed so young then she grew a lot or yeah, as a, yeah. as a little girl and as a character this season. Yes. Yeah, so mm -hmm. much. Um, yeah. I don't know. Always was good though from the start. Always was oh, yeah. really good. Absolutely. <laughs> that opening scene with the the satellite, I felt I re went back to Lost flashbacks because there were a couple episodes of Lost that start like when there was a submarine or something. It's like what what am I watching <laughs> yeah. here? Which is cool. It's like throw you a little. I, bit I of a had curveball. to check. Uh, I remember double checking that I was watching the correct show. I was like, what? what am I? <laughs> yeah. Is this? Yeah. Okay. I'm good. All right. Let's go. Okay, AMC. All right, Sunday, I, right? I had realized Kirkman's released. Um, is it Rick Grimes three thousand or something? Like oh, he's yeah, riffing on the yeah. issue seventy five kind of space element of it. Maybe it was a backdoor pilot. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> you never know. Yeah, I didn't know either, Jason. I just found out the other day, so I was like, oh, I need to go and check those out. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and Rick Grimes in space. stories in there, right? Oh my goodness, yeah. I need to get my hands the on the Skybound a copy. X series she's talking about. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's right. I'm 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 just now speaking of Clementine finally getting around to playing the third and fourth season of, of the video game the Telltale oh, game which ooh. I never did and uh, four is is incredible three I thought was okay but four the last one yeah I is that right the the final the final season is four yeah, yeah and I'm I'm one chapter into that one I thought three was pretty good but it's good it yeah. bums me out a little that you don't get to play as Clementine so yeah you know exactly that. and four is just the culmination of her story yeah so, i got really good. lots of thoughts on that but that's for another time so um <laughs> uh all right that was my number five i guess back to you lucy for number four. four. Oh, you've all provoked like new ones for me to think about mm -hmm. um one thing that stood out to me looking back on the season was how good samantha morton is as alpha i didn't really appreciate it watching it through for the first time it's sort of I always feel that the actors coming in playing these iconic villains have a tough lot to fill because they, if you've read the comics or if you have an idea of what these characters should be like, they're very distinctive. Um, Negan's a great example. I always respected that David Morrissey took the governor in a little bit of a different direction. Like he wasn't quite the governor that we knew from the comics and Not that even. sort of worked. No way. Yeah. yeah. And I think, but as the show's gone on, they've stuck more to much what you would like they, they've stuck more true perhaps to what the comics ask for um, and i think in part that's just because the governor was so ridiculous in the comic it was. Yeah. and the show <laughs> and i think the show at that point was still maybe more rooted in reality it's not yeah. unreal now but i think there was maybe it is a more, more fantastic now yeah yeah but i thought samantha morton just knocked it out of the park this season and and it, it is killed off actually not 
that late or like it's not that close to the end like there's a few episodes without her a few that just follow with beta who's also amazing oh, yeah. ryan hurst was just incredible in that role but that episode where she's taunting carol where they're at the mm. border early on and carol tries to go for her because alpha's basically no your boy cried out his name before we took his head like she's awful she's just <laughs> incandescently awful and it samantha That's carol. just Oh, yeah. <laughs> but Samantha Morton just played the hell out of it. I loved it. Um, I could yes. have lived without the socks and sex and shit heap scene with her and Negan like oh, yeah. that. I looked away when that replayed. I was like, no, I don't like this. It makes <laughs> never, me uncomfortable. Never need to see that again. <laughs> never need to see this again. I'd kind of forgotten that existed. But I just, yeah, I felt rewatching it. I was like, she really gave it her all. She's There's a, this thing about Samantha Morton that's just a bit uneasy a bit sinister and i love it and when she leans into it in her roles it really works for her and i just thought yeah alpha bravo that was brilliant really really a good. crass man deserves a crass i mean we were watching it and i was like do you think there's any fan fiction where like alpha and negan have a baby and peter just looked at me in such disgust and horror <laughs> that we just didn't talk for 10 minutes but, and we were like what would they call it Nifa? but you know Egan? there is <laughs> oh i bet there is you know there is oh, I might try to out there oh my god oh yeah gross. samantha morton is, is great uh so good i i didn't really know much about her before she she came onto the show i mean i guess i saw her in minority yeah. report she was in is that, that yeah was that her yeah. yeah but didn't you know didn't register on my sure, pop yeah. culture radar at all so um she came in and did such a great job she just as you said leaned into it and was so creepy mm. and uh weird sometimes yeah. you know and and disturbing so and, really and, and a, a believable cult leader <sighs> yes. yep. just with her the force of her personality rally all these weirdos it's a, okay so yeah. this is actually my next item as well is is talking about the whispers and uh i think in retrospect the whispers make more sense during you know when they first emerged and mm. uh you know when they were first uh, becoming a threat, it didn't make any sense to me. I didn't understand how they were a threat or why they were a threat or even that they were a threat. And it, did, it just, I didn't understand uh, what was going on. But I think in retrospect, it makes a little bit, uh, a little bit more sense. Uh, except for that, I, I don't know that, I don't think I agree that she made a great cult leader. I think that uh, as a cult leader, I'm not sure that it makes a lot of sense. But uh, as a leader of, of a bunch, and, and I guess I don't understand why anybody would follow her or Beta. Uh, it, I'm, I know I'm all over the place here. I'm saying that I liked it in retrospect, in retrospect, but yet I don't like it. And it does feel conflicted in my mind and heart. And I do, But I do love Beta. I love Ryan Hurst. I've loved him since the first time I've seen him in Medium, which was way back in the day. And he was just this doughy guy. Uh, and then he turned into, and then he was in the Lady Killers, where he turned into this absolute unit of a guy with the most massive arms I've ever mm -hmm. seen in my whole life. And then Sons of Anarchy, which I loved him as Opie was my favorite thing in that show. Uh, and so Ryan Hurst, I'm mm -hmm. all on board with him. I would, uh, I'm sorry that he's gone. I think that, uh, I, I think there should be a whole show about, I think Ryan Hurst deserves his own television series, but I also think that he should be on this show and stay on the show forever, but he's gone. So mm -hmm. if you put all that package together, it's a big disgusting mess, but uh, the whispers, 
Uh, I understand them more and they make more sense, but I'm glad they're not a thing anymore. Yeah. I, I felt like they, I was never, I never grew tired of them. Like I have some other groups, but I was almost getting there and they cut them off for me at just the right yeah. time. I think the prolonged season ending probably didn't help with that. I think rewatching yeah. it, I was like, oh, this is more contained than I remember. Whereas yeah. looking at it, I was like, oh, the Whispers were here for a while, you, weren't they? But no. I think if you really wanted to keep Brian Hurst, the best you could do is someone could just make a mask out of his face and wear it sure. around. <laughs> Even it's, it's <laughs> a weird hybrid mask now that he has, because he, he ended up with the half alpha mask, right? <laughs> yeah. uh, so, oh, that was creepy. Yeah, so you that make a really Ryan cool. Hurst, He's half moon. Uh, you know, Half moon, half moon mask with uh, half moon, uh, quarter moon, quarter it's, moon it's, maybe. you know, just this hodgepodge <laughs> quilt of various skin masks, uh, would make a, would make a fun mask to wear for Halloween, I guess. Half Moon well, was his we've... first album, right? And Quarter Moon will be the follow up <laughs> <Yeah>. or something. <laughs> it actually isn't clear whether that's his, his, his like stage name or right. the name or of the, the album. album. <laughs> But we know, know we we know we could ask Negan because apparently Lucille was a fan. So yeah, right, nice, right. nice little yep. Easter egg there. I thought if we're naming performances, Thora Birch was also very good as Mary. Um, I enjoyed Thora Birch a lot yes. in the early noughties, late nineties, um, Ghost World, and right. all that stuff. So it was nice to see American her turn up, and she, oh yeah, and she had to, she just had a really good messed up youthful look about her, and you could see how Alpha could take advantage of that kind of. You know, Judith is asking her questions like, "How? What were you before all this?" And she's like, "Alpha has a way of making you forget these things." And it was interesting to see her kind of struggle. And I was so sad to see her go, even though I knew it was coming. Um, the second time round, I was like, "Oh, she's so close. She got to hold her nephew. You're nearly there, Mary." And yeah. then Beta only, turns up, and I'm like, oh. "Only Negan hadn't ratted her out. She'd be alive." <sighs> <sighs> well, indeed. Well, indeed. Well, Jason, see, I know we sort of skipped over you uh, and we will come back to you, but just because we're on the topic, I mean, my last one, I was going to talk about beta a little bit because mm. I found myself never as interested in him for some reason as it sounds like some of you guys were. Uh, mm. I, once Alpha was dead, I felt myself losing interest in him a little bit. I kind mm. of felt like the top... You know, the head had been cut off of, of the whisperers and yeah. instead of kind of what I expected to happen, we sort of just dropped down to beta as, oh, well, now he's the leader and he's the new villain. And I never found him as interesting as Alpha uh, because of Samantha Morton, because of the, I, I think the, the history we got showing her mm -hmm. and uh, Lydia early on in the apocalypse. And mm -hmm. I think I just felt a little bit done with the whisperers by that point and the desire to move on. So once she was gone, Beta, I felt a little disappointed that he was just rising to the top and now we were just going to have to continue this and continue dealing with him. He's like the Kylo Ren of Walking <laughs> Dead, basically. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. He didn't take his shirt um, off, though. So, <laughs> no, Kylo Ren took his shirt off. I just watched that recently, yeah, sure actually. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So Beta, not, not both have my masks. favorite. They both have masks. Yeah. So many masks. Um, beta, not my favorite. And, you know, I'm happy now that it's that it's all wrapped up. And I guess his death scene was pretty awesome. But it was for me, I just didn't feel it. I felt kind of relief that, OK, he's good. And the fact that it was Daryl and Negan there kind of tag teaming him. I think it was more about that anyways. Um, mm. So 
Well, it was also That's him it. kind of smiling, like, ah, oh, I'm getting my death that I wanted. And yeah. like, you yes. weirdo, weirdo. weirdo. Yeah, exactly. So you weirdo better. Your feeling might be there because of the uh, the finale being so disjointed from the rest of the show, right? Yeah. Yeah. So much time in between. Yeah. It's hard it to it worked much better. Yeah, you, you couldn't together. let your emotions build mm-hmm. up over time and then have that, uh, mm-hmm. you know, that release of him dying at the end. It's just like, you, you know, you're in limbo during this goddamn mm-hmm. pandemic for so long uh, <laughs> that. Yeah. And also, like, you know, he's going to die. You know, there's no way that he's going to. So you're sort of like, come yeah, on, let's come get on, it done. come on, we know, come on, let's hurry like this up. It's like if you're having sex and you're like, let's do the last part next week. <laughs> <laughs> What, that's not normal for you people? Yeah, wait a minute. That's a good point, though, Jason. You're right. I didn't, I never did watch it back to back. I only mm. watched it as it aired with the giant break in between. So that could be a big part of it. But, yeah. uh, you know, it's behind us now, and, and that's, we're going to move on. Uh, anyways, Jason, mm-hmm. back to you if you have one more for number four. Yeah, let's not move on. Let's I'll do my beta one. All right. Because um, you know, actually in season nine, I didn't I wasn't that impressed with Beta as a character either. He mm-hmm. seemed kind of one note and not very deep or anything. And even in the comic, I never really cared about him all that much. But this season I found him awesome and way better than season nine. And I think what helped me was that michael myers episode that they did with him Mm -hmm. where he came in through a grave like i always wanted to see a zombie hand reaching through a grave and this was kind of like a play on that and then like he's uh stalking around and you see these two guys going oh yeah the whispers are no good one-on-one i like beat up lydia and she was no problem and then the light goes out or you see him in the background and then the light goes out and then the camera pulls out and it's like you see the lights in the house and you hear screaming oh and you see slashing but it felt like it was right out of a halloween movie so that whole thing was just so thrilling to me and i think it was a way of building the mystique or not the mystique Mm -hmm. just building beta up as a threat before alpha was taken off the board just and then what also i loved is that he um he he got more depth like you find out that he was uh, you see the whole episode where he meets alpha for the first time and they really tied a lot of that into the creation of the whispers that made it make more sense where um he wants to hide his face i really don't understand why but we know he's famous he was a country singer yeah he wants to be anonymous so that's one thing about him also he find he sees that uh alpha puts guts all over herself to hide from the zombies and um he she killed his friend that he'd been keeping around as a zombie that he was apparently really close to and he didn't want to leave without his friend so she cuts off his face so those three things together using guts to evade the zombies wanting to be anonymous wanting to keep your friend with you that was the whole reason behind how the whisper masks got started so that just made the whole whisper and beta thing more interesting to me but also his twisted relationship with Alpha the whole time, mm-hmm. wanting to hold her up above him and and idealizing how she was. And whenever she didn't leave, live up to it, he started to get upset. And then at the end, when he she died and someone called him Alpha, he like killed the guy. But probably my very favorite thing about Beta, 
well, the Michael Myers episode was, is up there, but that he started to hear the zombies talking yeah. to him. Mm-hmm. And when they yeah. were like, all right, are you sure? Like looking around at him and saying something. And then he just started chuckling like, oh my God, they're actually talking <laughs> to me. And, and, <laughs> and then, and then, you know, it's interesting to me that he, uh, the whole thing of the whispers is non-attachment but you find mm-hmm. out they're hypocrites because the whole reason he has the mask is because he's attached to his friend mm-hmm. and then at the end um he uh a- alpha helped him do that she's the one who cut the guy's face off at the end half of her face is on there too and his mm-hmm. old alias was half moon so that fits in with that and he sort of merged uh, or, or yeah he when uh alpha i'm kind of rambling a little bit here but when alpha died he was kind of lost but he, he was carrying around her head and holding it up to his ear and mm-hmm. like she was guiding oh, yeah. him to figure out what the next step would be and then he figures out it's to like merge her into him just like he did with his friend so makes that mask then he walks out and he had called all the Zeds around using his um, music. And so they're kind of like his post-apocalyptic concert audience. (laughs) (laughs) And then he walks out right into them and they immediately like fall in line behind him. And I just love how he's sort of like the zombie whisperer, (laughs) you know, pun intended. And he can uh, direct them. And by the end, he got so good at it that he could just whip up the biggest horde you've ever seen and totally control them, which isn't, really realistic but i was just caught up in the fantasy of it so i really loved it and i especially loved yeah that they would always say are you ready or whatever they were saying and and he'd hear see you you could tell it wasn't a whisper it was actually a zombie talking to him and the weird effects that they would do with that where they kind of spin around and talk to him and stuff so as you can tell from my voice by the end of it i was pretty (laughs) thrilled with beta and i really enjoyed those last two episodes after alpha died there were two amazing comic panels in this season that they recreated, and one was Negan holding Alpha like in an embrace, but it's after he's slit her throat, um, and I think that was a cover for one of the comics. And the other one is Beta holding Alpha's head and up looking at it. Oh. Yeah, and well, not not up there. He's like yeah. cradling it and looking down at it. I, I can't remember if that was a cover or just a panel, um, but those really stood out for me. And I'd, I'd forgotten that Judith shoots Beta. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah. Through a door. She's just like, and then, mm-hmm. yeah, total horror movie. He's on the ground. Mary's like, get away. And then he grabs her leg. And I'm like, oh, this is like uh, a 1980s. Laura. Yeah, 80s. Kill Laura. Yeah, poor Laura, man. She had a bit of an arc this season as well. We mm-hmm. found out her origin story. Um, yeah, right. I, I, I'm I, not quite as into beta as you, Jason, but I appreciate him a lot. And what you say, I think, really stands for And season. I love that. The way he found, like, he's like, where are they? All those, you know, when they went to Alexandria looking for everybody. And I'm pretty sure if I got it right, the way they found him was uh, they followed the cat. <laughs> that damn cat. I was like, cat, no. Right. <laughs> Skidmark. <laughs> Not Skidmark. Uh, well, no, you know no, what? Don't I, I will give you the the episode where he infiltrates Alexandria was pretty awesome. Part of me thinks a little bit, well, that could have been anybody, but it wasn't anybody. It was Beta, and it was pretty cool. So, I'll And he had the, the Michael Myers. I think that's a really good analogy because Michael Myers is a unit like he's a, a force like he's yeah. immovable he is this big thing he's not like a whole kind of slinky thing. like freddy krueger no. or like any kind of other like the guys in scream or these kind of like 
flighty almost comical things he's he's a yeah. beast like he's yeah. this solid thing but, so i think in a way it did have to that did carry weight literally you know but he has more of a then michael myers is silent so you don't know yeah. what's going on underneath which is which really adds to his character but with beta he's got this weird end of the world philosophy and um also the meditation which i think Rent hirsch brought in so i also love that after he slashed up all those people in alexandria he sits down and starts meditating and waiting right. for them to rise as yeah. his zombie minions that's, that was well that's pretty fun in, I gotta admit. in the pandemic it has been important to cultivate good mental health that meditation <laughs> is part of your daily practice <laughs> that's right follow as beta does and you will find happiness <laughs> and you know to bring it all back around to the beginning he was able to do that because dante we, as i understand built the tunnel or created yeah. the tunnel that he was able to use to get in through the sewers or something like that yep, yep. so there That's you right. go all comes back to or the figured tunnel. i feel like it might have been an existing but yeah dante was the one that gave him the the lead on that because i feel like it might be an alexandrian t- i, I, I don't I read know. dante did because I don't know if it would come up through a... Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, well... Where did he find the time? Well, like, right. Between yeah. being a doctor, holding down that nine-to-five job, digging a tunnel at night, like, man, poisoning he's an impressive everyone. guy. Poisoning the water. Poisoning everyone. Like, uh, yeah. Never yeah. underestimate a, a properly <laughs> motivated individual. Yeah, it's very true. <laughs> full day of sabotage every day. Mm. All right. It's hard day's work. It really is. <laughs> I'm just imagining the office style with Dante, like explaining his day. You know, it's like get up at like four in the morning and dig my hole for three hours. Then it's breakfast time. Yeah. Then I go and I Little turn the water, yeah. turn it to undrinkable. I then I go and silence the whispers. Yeah. Over yeah. By the time I've done that, I'm barely on time for my shift at the fucking hospital. You know, where I flirt with some old ladies and then hang out with Sadiq. He's my best friend. <laughs> then it's digging time again. And you're like, right. oh, yeah, I would watch that. A little more digging before lunch. And then yeah. you know. that should have been one of the extra episodes at the end. <laughs> Dante's diary of like all the batshit stuff he gets up to. I'd love that. I would watch that. If anyone's totally. That's wants an, to make it. That's an amazing idea to see the other side of Dante. We only saw the one side, right? See what he's doing the rest of the time to facilitate all this. That'd be amazing. He's incredibly efficient. He's like, go and I check my post in the tree and then I write a letter to Alpha and then I come back. You're like, oh. That's amazing. All right. Mm -hmm. Well, Dante, the best part of the season so far. Yeah. So, guys, Mm -hmm. that is, I think, it. Six, five, and four. Uh, Mm. There you go. Um, So the Mm. other half of this podcast will be on The Walking Dead cast, which uh, you can find at podcastica.com. I'll try to get that out of my mouth properly. (laughs) Um, Thank you so much, guys, for for doing this. It's always super fun, of course. Yeah. Great as always. Our final one before the series ends. That's right. That's right. (gasps) And it's an extra long season, so it'll be a while till we get to that one. But uh, yeah. like, three one. more oh, pandemics, but <laughs> like, who knows? Let's let's hope we just get through this one successfully. Yeah, yeah. Maybe this one will have ended. You know? Maybe, <laughs> maybe, yeah. Someday. Uh, mm-hmm. So make sure you tune into that. Uh, but also stay tuned here for a little bit. Jason and I will be back with something uh, to wrap things up here before we call it a day. Um, but. Thanks, guys. Thank Thanks you. for doing this. And we will uh, talk to you again very, very soon. Thank you. Super fun. Our pleasure. Thank you. All right. Stick around. We will be right back after this short break.
Hey, welcome back to the show, everyone. Well, that that was fun, Jason, as usual. Yeah, it was great. Always, always great. Always a good time. It's been a long time coming, over a year, but uh, always fun. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Thanks again to uh, to um, Lucy and Jason for doing that. And uh, we'll do it again in, in who knows when, when season 11 is done. <laughs> yeah, it could be a year and a half. Maybe more, maybe more. I don't know. All right. A couple things I want to do just before we call it a day here. Um, there's a little bit of Walking Dead news and just, just one item because of some new cast members for season 11 were announced. And I, I thought we'd just run through those really quickly. And then um, I just wanted to give a quick state of the podcast update, which is something we did last year after our wrap-up crossover for season nine. And I thought that was kind of a good time for that as well. So we're going to do that again, uh, including a fun announcement, I guess, of, of something that we're going to be doing during season 11. So we'll get to that in a minute. First off, uh, these three new cast members that are joining season 11 the first one is an actor by the name of Jacob Jacob Young playing a character called Deaver. Now, this is not a character from the comic, so either it's a new person or it's like a code name for somebody we know. I right. couldn't tell you, but Jacob Young is a TV soap star from All My Children and Bold and Beautiful. Uh, so I have really no insight into this guy because I'm not a fan of those shows. Um, yeah. I don't know if you are, but I'd be surprised. <laughs> I am not. Uh, I'm a little surprised that they still have those shows, but yeah. not really. Uh, yeah, I suppose. If, if Coronation Street can go for a thousand years, I mean, these, these things can keep going, I guess. Anyways, that's Jacob Young. Uh, not familiar with the person, but will be joining The Walking Dead for season 11. The next one is Lori Fortier, who is playing Agatha. And according to information that I have come across, Agatha looks like it is one of the people in the group that Maggie brought with her. So uh, oh, I see. if okay. we follow along, maybe maybe uh, Agatha's a reaper, maybe just sort of a villain in general. We don't know. So evil. Whatever way you slice it, she's going to be evil. Hanging out with Maggie, got to be evil. Yeah, got to be evil. What was the actress's name again? Uh, Lori Fortier, F-O-R-T-I-E-R. It's the last name. Now, she's been in a bunch of TV movies that you'll see on her IMDb page and a show called Hemlock Grove, which I've heard of, but I don't know anything about. Yeah, me too. Okay. I've heard of it, but I've not, uh, I don't know anything about it. All right. Well, uh, been around a while, so definitely done some acting, has some chops. Looking forward to seeing her on The Walking Dead. The last one is probably the most, or going to be the most apparent I think from the beginning of season 11, and this is the actor that's playing Pope. If you recall, apparently Pope is the leader of the Reapers. Uh, Pope was name dropped in Maggie's episode, uh, bonus episode at the end of season 10 as the leader. You know, that guy they killed said something about Pope. So this character is being played by Richie Coster. And this is an actor who has been around for a while. He was in The Flight Attendant. I don't know if you ever saw any of that show, but I saw a little bit of it actually, although I don't recognize him from it, but he was on it. He was on True Detective. He did some stints on Law and Order, CSI, stuff like that, all along with, you know, almost every other actor in Hollywood uh, and also The Blacklist. So he's been on TV all over the place for a little while. Sure looks like it. Yeah, I don't recognize him though. No, no, n none of these people I really recognize. I thought maybe I would Richie Coster because I'd seen The Flight Attendant. Uh, but that was a show I fizzled out on partway through, 
and never went back to. Um, but I also think this character Pope is going to show up uh, sooner, you know, right right off the top from season eleven, sooner than maybe the other ones potentially. Um, so he's going to be the most immediate. And uh, oh, he was in the go. Dark Knight. Okay, he was that guy in the Dark Knight. I saw that, but I couldn't think of the character <laughs> from the. Yeah, Dark he's uh, in the meeting of uh, of people that uh, where the the Joker shows up, and uh, he says, uh, you know, how much money do you want? And the Joker says half, right? So uh-huh. the collection of uh, of evil bad guys, where they're uh, they're trying to figure out how to get rid of the Batman, uh, he's he's in that group, and he's uh, he's he's one of the prominent bad guys. Is that the is that the pencil scene? I'll, I'll just call it. It is the pencil scene. All yes. right, okay, that's the pencil scene. So he's there. Okay, that that makes some sense. Yeah, and when he's burning the money and all the big money's on fire, and he's talking to some guy. Yep, he's the guy. That the Joker's talking to in that scene. He's the guy. Okay, fair enough. Well, there you go. So if you've seen Dark Knight, then you're familiar with Richie Coster, and he's coming on to play leader of the Reapers, Pope, who I'm going to say doesn't survive past the first eight episodes of season 11. And maybe so, less. All right, then. Just just calling it right now. Okay. Uh, okay, well, that's it. Uh, short and sweet. So some some new characters coming up. Now, speaking of season 11, Jason, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. as we record this, it's Sunday, August the 15th, and AMC Plus is premiering the first episode of season 11 today. In fact, it may already be available for you lucky AMC Plus subscribers. And for the rest of us, it comes on AMC next next Sunday. So we are here. We are Season 11 is happening, and it's happening now. And that means that we are going to be podcasting on it very, very soon Mm -hmm. uh, in the sort of good old way that we do. And what that means is that our first uh, recap episode will be coming not this week because, again, it's only AMC Plus. But after it's on AMC, that would be uh, Tuesday the 24th, right? 22nd, 23rd, 24th. However, we're going to be moving the podcast back to Monday nights. Good. Yes, that is kind of good. It's a little bit more immediate and we're moving it back to Mondays for the same reason we moved it to Tuesdays a couple of years ago. I had a commitment on Monday nights, which is no longer a thing. In fact, my commitment on Monday has moved to Tuesday. (laughs) And so the podcast is going to swap back to Mondays. So, um, I know, Jason, I said, let's go with Tuesday for now, but I'm going to amend that statement and say that we are going to record for the season premiere on Monday, the 23rd. I hope that is okay with you. That is fine with me. I think it's great. I I like, it seems, this podcast seems like a Monday podcast on a Tuesday to me. Okay. And it has been ever since we moved it to the Tuesday. So I'm glad we're moving it to the Monday for a number of reasons. Yep. One, I like the immediate, uh, you know, recap that we give. And for the feedback episodes, it gives a little more time for people to uh, send in feedback on the podcast yep. and not necessarily just on the show. So it gives people a chance to react and go, you guys are full of shit. Uh, you need to uh, get your act together. Uh, and here's an email describing exactly how that can be done. <laughs> You're right. I, I fully agree with that. You know, it's nice to get that that pod, that first recap podcast out into the world and then, then give people some time to digest it and get back to us with their, your full of shit emails, which is exactly what I yeah. want people to do. Yeah. And how long have we been doing it on a Tuesday? It's only been a year, two years. I think it's been two seasons, a couple of years. Yeah. No, I think it's, it hasn't been more than two, but as we know, the world has gone to shit 
in the time, those time is like an elastic band, right? Yeah. It just keeps stretching and contracting and stretching and contracting. You never know exactly where you are because the point that you're on keeps moving. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, like I said, this always to me felt like it was a Monday night podcast that we did on Tuesday nights. Okay. So moving it back to Monday is, uh, is okie doke in my book. Great. So things are just falling back into place where they should be. So we're going to be doing that recording Monday nights. We will still be doing our feedback shows on Thursday nights, uh, except <laughs> I need to throw a wrench into week number one here because I am on vacation that week. Now, I'm not busy on the Monday night, which is lucky, but I'm going to be away for the rest of the week. So I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to do this, but that means there isn't going to be a feedback episode on Thursday the 26th. We're just okay. going to skip it. Unfortunately, I can't make it work. But we will come back the following week, which is September 2nd, it looks like. And I figure that's okay because the first two episodes of season 11 is a big two-parter. So what we'll do is we'll bulk up the feedback for both of them on the second as a single like two-part episode story. Right. What you mean by come back on the second is that's when the next feedback show will be. We'll still do the recap on the 30th. Correct. Correct. Okay. Recap on 30th, double size feedback, maybe on Thursday, the second. And then from there, hopefully just roll on as, as usual and, and, you know, no more, uh, schedule interruptions. We did this a few weeks ago where you were on vacation and then I was on a vacation the, uh, the week after this, uh, this time you're on vacation that week and I'm on vacation the week after. It's weird. It's we, weird. Yeah. We need to line up our but vacations I, better. I ain't going nowhere so I can do the podcast without issue. Okay. Well, I will be again up North, uh, enjoying some fresh air and, uh, beautiful lake water and, uh, having a, having a nice time trying to disconnect from work basically this time, which I didn't feel like I was able to do on my last week off, which was only a month ago. So, right. uh, a little summer vacation as we, just before school starts up here anyways, again, too. Yeah. That's why I took this week off is, uh, the week before school. Yeah. There you go. Uh, okay. So that's the recording schedule over the next little bit. Um, one more thing. Uh, we are going to do something fun and a little bit special maybe during season 11. I realized recently that I have accumulated over the years a decent collection of Walking Dead stuff. Some of it I've purchased, some of it I've been given, some I've just got, you know, at conventions and things like that. But all of it is kind of just sitting in a closet in my basement um, doing nothing. And I don't feel a particularly strong attachment to some of this stuff. So I decided why not distribute the wealth a little bit and give some of this stuff away. Sure. So during the course of season 11, I think every episode, and that's 24 episodes, remember this year, every week we are going to choose one of our patrons from patreon.com and send them a random prize. Uh, I mean, sure. I, you know, I mean, hopefully this doesn't sound silly, but like, I think there's stuff that, that people might, uh, appreciate, uh, more than me. And, and really it's not a, it's definitely not a join Patreon now and, you know, get something for free. It's, I hope people see this as more of just a thank you for being a listener and for supporting us and just being there through all of this. And, and also a little bit of a way to, to celebrate everyone who is, who's 
been with us and has been for a long time, or even new people who join our Patreon uh, right now, and doing this kind of because it's the final season of The Walking Dead and so on. So um, that's the deal. I think we'll do it on the recap episodes. We'll, we'll announce okay. one each then. I know I'm terrible at mailing things, so I'm going to do my best to get better at that so that there isn't a giant backlog of sending stuff out. But what it's going to mean is we'll choose one of our patrons each week on the recap episode. Uh, and in most cases, I will need to collect a you know an address from you and stuff like that, but we'll take care of all that stuff and then we'll we'll send you out something. I have started to organize all the stuff I have. It's all on a table behind me over here. And I thought maybe I should like inventory it all and put a, you know, put it all up on the website, which um, I think would be a good idea. But I also have to think about how we're going to break it up into sort of over the course of the season and stuff like that. So what I might do just so I don't drive myself crazy is kind of post a picture of everything so people can get an idea, like one big picture of all of it, because it's all sitting on the desk. So people get an idea of what kind of stuff there is in there. There's Funko Pops. There's a bunch of stuff from The Walking Dead Supply Drop, which I've received over uh, over the months numerous times. There's some T-shirts. Um, postcards, stickers. Postcards, stickers, other paraphernalia, all Walking Dead related. So do you have any of those USB sticks left? The, well, the ones we created for the podcast, yes, I have a few sitting around. I have some still some original like podcast shirts and so on. So there's that stuff, but there's also, you know, Walking Dead merchandise, things like that, yeah. right? I've got cool. a, I've got a, um, uh, an apron, uh, one in, in one of the, uh, Walking Dead supply drops, it comes, it, it, it shipped with, uh, a cooking apron that is styled to look like, the sort of the body armor that Carol was wearing for a little while. So like <laughs> fun stuff like that, right? Which uh, I'm more than happy to part with. So cool. if you want to get in on this, um, absolutely become a patron at patreon.com slash the talking dead. I'm not going to worry about when people joined or anything like that. So please, uh, you know, sign up if you want to, and we'll just pick someone each week and uh, send it out. And like I said, I hope, People don't see this as a plea to generate more patrons, um, you know, although that's going to happen, but as a thank you, you know, for everyone who supported us over the years and uh, just as a way to celebrate season 11 a little bit. Super. I think it's a great idea. All right. Very, very cool. Uh, so in that case, I'll bring it all over to your house, Jason, and you can be in charge of the shipping. <laughs> Sure. There's a post office not too far from me. <laughs> All right. I don't know. We'll we'll work something out because I know I'm terrible at it. I, it's been a while since I've had to send anything to a listener, but I know at times it took me a long time to do that. So, If it makes it easier, you can always, uh, every week, you can uh, mail me the package and then I can mail it out to uh, whoever. Yeah. I'm not sure that makes it easier, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, what are you going to do? Uh, okay. So look for that. And otherwise we'll be back coming up uh, on Monday, the 23rd with our recap episode for the season premiere, following that the 30th for our next recap, and then a double shot of feedback on September the 2nd and, uh, is it second? Yeah. Second. And then from their regular schedule. So super, there you go. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. Obviously in the meantime, you can get in touch with us if you wanted to uh, talk about anything you heard on this podcast with the crossover. 
Don't forget to go to podcastica.com and listen to the other half as well on the Walking Dead cast. Uh, I highly recommend you do that. But if you do want to get in touch with us, visit talkingdeadpodcast.com. Click on send voicemail at the top. You can send us a message. You can also send us email at talkingdeadpodcast at gmail.com. And just one more time, if you do want to become a patron of the show, patreon.com slash the talking dead. All right. Thank you so much for tuning in, everyone. We'll see you in uh, a little over a week. I'm super excited. Me too. Hope everybody is. Uh, until then, my name is Chris. My name is Jason. Thanks for listening. Ciao.